0: It's the pregame show before the pregame show. It's Q's kickoff, live from the Coors Landing at Allegiant Stadium. Your Raiders football day starts now.
1: Yeah, buddy. It does start right now. We're at the Coors Light Landing inside Allegiant Stadium. And my man Chris Chapman, Magnum, back in the home studios, making everything work. I like that sound right there, man. That little intro music got me going. Got the juices flowing. And the juices are flowing here at Allegiant Stadium. Doors just opening up. I was walking around the tailgate area before I got up here to the Coors Light Landing. Raider Nation is out there loud and proud right now, representing a lot of folks getting their tailgate on in preparation for week 13. The Washington football team here in town. And I'll say this: Raider Nation always gets mad when there's a lot of fans from the other team here in, in, in town. I don't think it's gonna be that way today. Today it's gonna be a blackout. Today I anticipate a blackout. Now there's there's Obviously fans here from the Washington football team that are pulling for that, that team. But there is a lot of Raider Nation representing today. As, again, as I walked around the tailgate area before I made my way inside the stadium, saw, saw Raider Nation showing out already. So very excited. Love being here. Love being inside Allegiant Stadium. Love being the pregame to the pregame show. JT the Brick and Eric Allen will come up after me from 11 to 1 o'clock, then pass the sticks on to Brett Musburger and Legan Kennedy for the official call. Raiders Washington football team. Right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited about it. We look up here and we see the big screen inside Allegiant Stadium. And football action is going on. They got the red zone on. So every time a team gets into, you know, the red red zone area, we'll get an update. And so I'll start to give you scores uh, throughout the morning of, uh, again, week 13 action. And can't believe that it's already week 13, but here we are. And uh, very excited about the opportunity that the Raiders have this afternoon. Very excited about what could possibly happen later on this evening. The Kansas City Chiefs, they'll be uh, taking on the Denver Broncos. That's a game that Raider Nation is definitely going to be paying attention to. But uh, the Raiders got to pay attention to what's going on today and this afternoon. And they got to handle their business or nothing else matters. It's simple as that. Nothing else matters if you don't go handle your business. So the Raiders need to do that. They did it last week against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving in Big D. Now, can they start a win streak? That's what the key is today, really. You got to start a win streak. You can't achieve the goal that you want to achieve by winning a game and then losing a game, winning a game and losing a game. You just can't, can't do it. So if they're going to be serious about the postseason, and we really kind of tempered our conversations when it comes to the postseason after that three-game losing streak that they were on, if they're going to be serious about the postseason and what they expect, their expectations, it starts today creating a win streak against the Washington football team. And then after that, you have nothing but AFC games the rest of the way. That's all you'll have the rest of the season is AFC games. And that's going to be a big deal. Right now the Raiders are on the outside looking in. But they're right there. The number one team in the AFC has eight wins. The Raiders who are on the outside looking in have six wins. So there's a very, very small margin of, of difference between that, that first place team and, say, the eighth or ninth place team. But, again, you've got to handle your business. So, again, very excited to be here as we are each and every home game. Holding it down, the pregame to the pregame show. Q's kickoff is what we like to call it. Coming up on the show around uh, about 10.20, 10, 10.25. 10, I did an interview with Ben Standig from, uh, from The Athletic. I did one on Wednesday just doing a, a, a preview of the Washington football team. You'll hear that conversation again coming up about 10.25, 10, about 10, just so you know. Kind of one of those last-second conversations so you know exactly what to expect from the Washington football team. A team that's hot right now. Winners of three straight. Taylor Heineke, he's uh, he's a guy that really has nothing to lose. He's out there. Nobody expected him to really make some moves when he started. When he started, got to start with the the Washington football team, but he's just one of those guys that goes out and gets after it. And uh, he's he's a, a tough competitor. One of those dudes that, in my opinion, is gonna leave leave it all out there on the on the field each and every play. I mean, he's gonna he's not gonna well, this play's dead, you know, just throw it away or whatever. He he wants to. He wants to be successful in every play, and sometimes that gets him in trouble. That can uh, that can cause him to, you know, turn the ball over a little bit, and that's okay. That's good for the Raiders. But uh, he's he's a competitor, and he's gonna be tough. Unique Ngakwe, Max Crosby, Jonathan Hankins, Quentin Quentin uh, Jefferson, all those guys, they're gonna have a lot of work cut out for him this afternoon, trying to uh, you know trying to make sure Heineke does not wreck the game, because he, he he could be a guy that could be a real big pain. Painting in the backside to the silver and black, if if he handles his business. But it's up to those guys up front to make sure that he doesn't handle his business. But uh, here we are, week thirteen. Looks like the Jets got it. Did they? Did they have a kickoff return. Hold on. Oh no, he got. Oh man, that's the worst. Did he get stopped by the kicker? <laughs> the Jets are playing the Eagles, and it was a uh, it was a kickoff, and the Jets almost took it to the house. And it looked like either the kicker or somebody, and my man Chris Chapman in the studio proud Jets fan do you know who did you see that that play chap or no 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 I I I've got ESPN on in the studio so they okay. didn't show it okay it looks like the Jets are about to score wow they're already at the like five yard line that was a heck of a kickoff return that was nice that was nice the Jets are about to get on top of the Eagles the Eagles are without Jalen Hurts today but, funny thing uh, is
0: they've never actually beaten the Eagles
1: in the history of the franchise really wow well Today's the day. Let's hope so. (laughs) Today is the day, and, man, they they are cooking because they they keep going back to this game. And second down. Nope. They didn't. Second, man. They might not score, Chap. Sorry. I'll give you an update. (laughs) Life of a Jets fan. (laughs) I'll give you an update, my man, when and if they get into the end zone because, again, they're going quick, fast, and in a hurry on this uh, big screen here at Allegiant Stadium uh, with all the action. Oh, here they go. Jets again. Third down. Touchdown. Touchdown pass. Zach Wilson, touchdown. I don't know who that is who scored. but uh, Hope it's Crowder. Probably. But that was quick, man. That was uh, five plays, 21 yards, two minutes and 18 seconds. The Philadelphia Eagles are down to the Jets now, 6-0. But what's important is the Raiders and Washington football team, and they have opened up the doors here officially at Allegiant Stadium. Fans are starting to roll in. I love it when fans roll in here because they – They come by the Coors Light Landing. They look at the Al Davis torch. They start taking pictures in front of it. They start soaking in the stadium. And for a lot of folks, it's the first time they've been here. So funny, as many times I've been here now, as we've been here every game this season, I still see stuff for the first time like, oh, wow, I didn't notice that. There's just so much here to soak in. So I always encourage everybody, as much as I want them to go out there and tailgate and have a great time and party, Man, if you get an opportunity to walk around this stadium, just soak it all in. Soak it in and just embrace what, what, what is here sitting in the middle of Las Vegas. Chargers and Bengals. Ooh, Justin Herbert through to the end zone. Incomplete. Chargers are uh, in the red zone. 0 0, Cincinnati and the Chargers. That's a game that Raider Nation needs to pay attention to as well. Both AFC games. Obviously the Chargers are in the division. Chargers tied with the Raiders right now, they have the tiebreaker. And the Bengals, well, they've won. They're, they're, they're cooking with grease right now. They're, uh, they're in the playoffs right now. So to, this, is, this is a game that's important, very important game. It was funny. I was walking up to the stadium, and uh, I saw JT the Brick, who will come up after me. I saw him, and he said, who do we want to win this game? <laughs> who do we want to win this game, Chargers of Cincinnati? And I said, well, you know, I mean, either way, somebody's going to lose, which is a good thing. I think, I think Cincinnati. I think that's the team that you want to win, technically. Because the Chargers are in the AFC West, so you want you always want the AFC West to lose, and currently they just got a touchdown, so they're winning, so they're up on uh, Cincinnati right now, six nothing with the kickoff with the extra uh, point to come. But yeah, they, I mean this is this is a big time game, and this is what I mean. The the beautiful thing about what the NFL did this year is the way that they scheduled everything. Conference games close out the the season, so there's games that are going to matter late in December. There's games that are going to matter week 18 instead of just, oh, this is a gimme game or a throwaway game. It's not going to be like that for a lot of the teams, which is awesome. And that's what still gives the Raiders so much hope for what could be, you know, coming up. But they've got to, again, go handle their business. So you can have all the teams do all the favors for you, but if you don't handle your business, none of it matters. So pretty excited about the way that this season potentially could close out. Really excited about it. But, again, it starts, it starts today. You've got to find a way to get a W today. And it's there. I mean, there's plenty of ways to do it. There really is. Now, the Raiders are going to be without Darren Waller. That's something that we kind of knew already. Knew that really early in the week, I think on Monday, uh, interim head coach Rich Passaccia had mentioned that he was week to week. And kind of then I knew, okay, he's probably not going to play. He's dealing with the IT band that I've been learning so much more about. <laughs> I, I went from Monday not even knowing what an IT band was to now I'm all of a sudden well-versed in the IT band injury. But apparently it sounds like he may be back for, uh, for Kansas City next week, which is great because you're going to need all the weapons you can get. But Foster Moreau will get the go today. He'll be the guy similar to what happened before the bye week when the Raiders played Philadelphia and Darren Waller didn't play and Foster Moreau got the start. He played all the, all the offensive snaps. And then remember, he's on special teams as well. Matter of fact, Rich had talked earlier this week. And, Chad, we'll go to some of the sound real quick. He talked this week about Foster Moreau and if he was going to be ready to go if Darren Waller was, in fact, going to be out, in which we do know he's out now. But uh, here's Rich Passaccia on if Foster Moreau is ready to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of gone through this twice, right? We've gone through it when we didn't have him for a game, and, and certainly Foster stepped up in the, in the um, plan that, you know, Greg had put together. And then we lost Darren in the second quarter last week, and you saw us, we were still productive, you know, as the game went on, and Greg made some really good adjustments that way as well, personnel-wise and the things that we did. So, um, again, we're prepared to do that if we have to this week.
1: And they do, and they absolutely have to, you know. And, again, that, that was a big key. Uh, Foster Moreau filled in and did a great job filling in for Darren Waller when uh, when they played Philadelphia. But they also made a great adjustment last week against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving when Darren Waller went out during the game. And all of a sudden, they had to shift their attention. They had to they had to make sure that uh, that it was, you know, that, that they had a guy that can get it done. And, and Moreau did that. And, and like he, you heard uh, Rich Passaccia say right there, Greg Olson did a really good job adjusting. Adjusting on the fly. And that's something that they had to do. At least now they have a whole week to prepare. And they had a whole week to prepare for, you know, no Darren Waller this week, which, again, should not be a surprise to anybody. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he does a great job on Radio Nation Radio 920. He put out a tweet earlier today. Jalen Richard has been put on the COVID-19 list, so he's out. I think that's a big deal. He's a third down back. And it's funny because Jalen Richard's had a really weird year, really weird year where he didn't start the season. He started on, uh, on injury reserve or the pup list. Or he, he he didn't start the season. And then he came in, and I honestly didn't think he was going to be on the roster. And then all of a sudden he came in and started playing a big role. You know, he's a third down back. He's really good at blocking. So I had a couple people tweet at me. I was like, oh, is this even a big deal? I think it is. First of all, you need to have, you want to have as many p- players as you can. You want to have all your guys that you know can go out there and do certain things and, and, and hold down certain roles. And one role he holds down and does a very good job is, like I said, that third down back, he could be that guy that Derek could drop it off out of the backfield to. He's also a guy that does a really good job blocking. And blocking is nothing to shake a stick at. That is a big deal. It is basically your last line of defense when it comes to protecting the quarterback. So he, he, him being out, that's, again, it's not, it's not a, a backbreaker, but it is a big deal. So he's going to be out this game. Still waiting to hear who's uh, active and who's not. There's obviously a two, couple guys that, that are really want to pay attention to. Deshaun Jackson is one who was dealing with a calf injury earlier in the week. He's expected to play, but until the official active-inactive comes out, we won't know. Josh Jacobs is the other one. He was added late in the week to the injury report with an ankle injury. He's been banged up pretty much throughout the whole season. He's another guy. And I know Washington doesn't give up a lot of yards on the ground, but you still want to have your guy. The good thing is they do have Kenyon Drake, and the Raiders have played without Josh Jacobs, and he hasn't had the greatest season anyway. But – you still, again, going back to you want to have your dudes out there. You want to have your guys. And there's no doubt about it that Josh Jacobs wants to be playing in December and games that are meaningful. And this is a very meaningful game. So a couple, couple names to pay attention to on the active-inactive active list when it, when it comes out. It's usually about 90 minutes before kickoff, so it should be coming up pretty soon, probably about 1130 at the latest, if not sooner. If we find out, I'll definitely pass that along because, again, those are the two names that I'm really, really paying attention to to see if they're going to be active or inactive. Now, there's a lot of storylines in this game as well. Jack Del Rio is the defensive coordinator for the Washington football team. Obviously, he was the last head football coach of the Silver and Black before John Gruden took over. Remember, if you go back to, what, the end of 2017, that final game, he actually went out there and announced his, uh, his own firing, which I don't think I've ever seen since. I don't think I've seen a head coach come out and say, hey, I've just been let know that I'm not going to be the head coach anymore. I've been relieved of my duties. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, ever heard a head coach announce that ever since then. But he's coming back as the defensive coordinator for the Washington football team, so he knows, he knows Derek Carr really well. He knows what he does really well and what he doesn't. And that Washington football team, their defense is good, really good defense, especially against the run. I believe they're ranked number four against the run. Now, the past game, they do give up some big plays. And Landon Collins is going to be out. You want to talk about big guys, you know, big deals with guys that are out. Landon Collins is going to be out. That is a big deal. Chap, the Eagles just scored. <laughs> the Eagles just scored. For some reason, I guess the Jets missed their extra point because they only have six.
0: Yeah, I think the Chargers missed theirs too. Wow.
1: This is, this is really – it's crazy. When they, when, they moved, when they moved the extra point back and made it 33 yards, I was like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. Who's going to miss their extra point? Everyone misses their extra point. It happens all the time. i seen Daniel Carlson, as good as he's been all season long, he's probably a Pro Bowl kicker, as good as he's been, he's missed a couple of extra points. Everyone's missed their extra points. But, yeah, the Jets, they're, uh, they're about to go down 7-6 if Philadelphia, let's see.
0: Yeah, they made theirs.
1: Yep, they made theirs. Boom, 7-6.
0: And the Bengals just fumbled, by the way.
1: Did they, really? Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Chargers got the ball. See, there you go. It's a week to week league. You could be on fire, you could be cooking with grease, and then all of a sudden, boom, nothing. You know, you just come out and have a terrible game. And that's what the Raiders, and that's what Raider Nation is hoping for, for today. Again, Washington football teams on a three game winning streak. It's a big deal. It's a real big deal. They're playing well. As I'm looking up at the screen right now, Chargers up 6 0 with the ball. Oh, that was a terrible play. Everyone's falling in love with the jet sweep. <laughs> Everyone's falling in love with the jet sweep, and it just is not the business. Every play, it's just not. I see it all the time, and it doesn't go for anything. But back to, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> Derek Carr and Jack Del Rio, they obviously know each other really well. So earlier this week, Rich Passaccia was asked about Derek's relationship with Jack Del Rio.
2: Um, I, you, probably Derek can answer it better, I think, but I'm I'm sure Coach Del Rio feels like ah, I got a pretty good handle on on Derek. I've seen him in a lot of practices. I've seen him in a lot of game situations, and you know Derek probably in the back of his is going, ah, I know what Coach Del Rio may call on this, and 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 no one study, I mean Derek studies. Amount of film. He's got his own office up there and he, you know he's constantly in there watching tape. So there is some nuances, obviously, that Greg talked about yesterday in, in the system and Coach Del Rio is running at this particular time. But uh, we feel confident that um, Derek will do a good job as to what they've been doing now and um, hopefully be successful in what he sees and how he handles it as well.
1: Really good chess match I'm looking forward to. That's one of the biggest, not keys, but one of the, the, the notes in this game, the chess match between Derek Carr and Washington football team's defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. It's going to be a very good chess match because, like Rich Passaccia just said right there, you heard him say right there, that they know each other very well. They know what, what tendencies each other has. And Carr was successful under Jack Del Rio. Let's make no mistake about it. And Jack Del Rio did a good job. For what it was worth, he, he did a good job. Now, 2017 obviously got away from him. But he did a good job turning things around for the franchise. really did. So it's going to be interesting with his return to the sideline going up against the, the silver and black, what that's going to look like. But that's definitely something to pay attention to in a major way. So we'll get, we'll get keys to the game and keys to victory. Myself, Daman Cotton, who, who's my co-host on uh, Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty two to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. He'll be here at the table here on the Coors Light Landing about, eh, about 1040, 1045 45. He'll give his keys to the game. I'll give my keys to the game, keys to victory. What the Raiders are gonna have to do to walk away with the W and improve to seven and five on the season and snap the Washington football team's three-game winning streak. We'll do that about 1045. Coming up next, you'll hear the conversation that I had earlier this week with Ben Standig. He covers the Washington football team for the athletic, does a fantastic job, had a very good conversation, really in depth. We go offense, we go defense talk about the coaching staff. A lot of good stuff that you'll hear from Ben. Matter of fact, we'll do that next. We're live here at Allegiant Stadium. Coors Light Landing is the location. We're here till 11 o'clock, and then JT the Brick and Eric Allen will come over and uh, take over the sticks. The official pregame show leading you to kickoff, the Raiders and Washington football team. Ten nineteen is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Q's kickoff on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hey,
1: here we go. Nothing wrong with some DJ Quick to come back to, right? Yeah, buddy. My man Jeff is jamming right now. Jeff's sitting next to me. He's fired up. Got this DJ Quick going. He's rolling. <laughs> Tonight is the night. Did, oh, my goodness. Did Xavier Howard get another interception? He did. How many, how many interceptions does this dude have? We want to talk about a playmaker, man. Xavier Howard, shout out to X. It's another interception for that guy. Couldn't tell you how many he has on the season, but he's always leading the league in interceptions. Big-time ball hawk. Covered him while he was at Baylor. We're going to get into this conversation I had earlier this week with Ben Standig from The Athletic, but i got to break some news that's out there now on Twitter. The Carolina Panthers have fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. To me, I spent the whole commercial break reading that, saying, wow, wow, wow. The game is about to start. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're a couple hours away from their kickoff. And Matt Rule met with Joe Brady this morning and said that they're moving in a different direction. Offensive coordinator, well, Jeff Nixon's taking over as offensive coordinator there in Carolina. Jeff Nixon worked with Matt Rule when they were at Baylor together. See, it all ties back to Baylor. It all goes back to Baylor. That's how I tie this all together. I'm I'm shocked. I am absolutely stunned that Joe Brady just got fired. And I know that the Panthers aren't having the season that that they expect or they wanted, but they have a terrible quarterback situation. They're still trying to learn on the fly. But, man, that's a guy. He ain't going to be out of a job long, let's put it like that. He's a guy that's going to get many interviews in the offseason for potential head coaching positions. And they fired him. He had stops in New Orleans with the Saints and Sean Payton. Went to LSU and helped coordinate that explosive offense that LSU had. One of the biggest offensive explosions as far as offense goes in, uh, in college football. I mean, really, that LSU team, they were just incredible offensively. Joe Brady had a lot to do with that. He's the offensive coordinator there at Carolina and gets fired today. That's incredible. Wow. I'm still stunned by that. Obviously, that'll be a conversation that we have throughout the course of the week on unnecessary roughness, do a little bit of deep diving into what went wrong there in Carolina with Joe Brady. But that's a name to pay attention to, Raider Nation. I, I talk about it because it's a, it's a name to pay attention to. He will be a guy that's talked about a lot in the hiring cycle in 2022. Obviously, the Raiders are going to be dipping into that hiring cycle as they'll be looking for a head coach. Rich Passaccia will get an interview. I don't know if he'll be the guy, but he'll get an interview. But there'll be many others that'll get an interview as well, including probably Joe Brady. So, Oh, that's the reason why I kind of talked about that and went, went off on a little bit of a, you know, a little side, side conversation about it because that's very, very interesting to me. What else is interesting to me, obviously, is this game. The Washington football team, the Raiders, 105 kickoff. You can hear it right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As we're here at Allegiant Stadium, the Coors Light landing. I had a conversation earlier this week with Ben Standig. He covers the Washington football team. He'll be here in the press box later. Does a fantastic job. Had a conversation with him earlier this week about the Washington football team, just a preview for this game, and talked about, really started things off, talking about their turnaround, why why they were at 2-6 and six at one point, and now all of a sudden they've rattled off three wins in a row. They're sitting there at 5-6, and six, and they're in the playoffs as far as the NFC goes right now. Now, that doesn't say they're going to end up in the playoffs, but right now they're in the playoff conversation, as the Raiders are as well, but they're on the outside looking in. Washington's actually in. So – Here's that conversation with Ben Standig talking about what changes have happened with the team.
0: Yeah, you know, at a very basic level, I think they're just playing with more focus. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say harder, but I think they're just playing with more focus. Earlier in the year, Ron Rivera constantly talked about needing to see more maturity and discipline from his team. And I think primarily his defense, which underachieved, it has got a lot of potential, but underachieved uh, for the first eight games when they went two and six. But since they came out of the bye week, these last three games, it's been a more determined group. They've talked about how, you know, look, teams will players will say, oh, we really practice hard. But these guys have really made the point of saying, yeah, no, no. We turned it up in practice um, in recent days, uh, you know, since the bye week have been more physical, and that's led to to that in games. I think that the first game out of the bye week, they upset Tampa Bay. To mm-hmm. so my eye, I really did think it was just a matter of they were the team that wanted it more, as cliche as that sounds. And then in the game since, you know, they are just the team – um, that's been making plays more specifically to the field, they have been crushing teams in time of possession, long drive, sustained drive. The ground game has been huge to that uh, the last couple of weeks. Antonio Gibson has really uh, – he, he was dealing with a shin injury earlier in the year, but he's been really strong the last few weeks. J.D. McKissick had two touchdowns as well. And also that, a lot of that is Taylor Heineke, you know, their underdog quarterback, who most of the conversation about him is constantly is what he isn't. But what he is is a guy who gives you a lot um, from a, a, an attitude standpoint. You know, he, he's going to play hard, and he's been making fewer mistakes of late. He makes plays with his legs, and he's just able to help them sustain drives, and doing so has helped the defense stay fresh, which has led to their improvement as well. So you know, it really is sort of one side of the ball helping the other, and uh, it's been their easily their best the best stretch of the year.
1: Yeah, and I'm definitely going to get to the defensive side of things. I want to talk about them, but you said Taylor Heineke, and I I want to key in on him because I feel like that this team the more that you watch him, and of of course we all got to see him on the national stage on Monday Night Football. It feels like this whole team, offensively and defensively, is really rallying around him, and he's just got that something about him, Ben. Where is is he's not expected to be the greatest quarterback in the league, but he's just got that confidence and something about him where he, he's going to go out there and give you everything he's got.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he he's an underdog story. I have a story up today where I just went up on The Athletic about how Washington is kind of turning this around in part because they've got a lot of guys like Heineke, undrafted free agents or like seventh-round picks who are playing big roles, and those guys, you know, there's usually some sort of chip on the shoulder scenario. Heineke certainly has has that. Literally one year ago today is when he – uh, started to go through the, the quarantine process with Washington to get to their practice squad. And before that, he was sleeping on his sister's couch thinking his NFL career was probably close to being over. Um, but he comes in, and he's unafraid. I think everybody saw that in that playoff game last year against Tampa Bay, um, where he went you know, toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and, and the team that eventually won the Super Bowl. And they he's come back out this year, despite every game, it feels like Washington is going up against a legitimate you know, big-name quarterback, including, obviously, this week against uh, Derek Carr. And he has been he, – he doesn't blink. And that's not just moxie when the game starts. I'm talking about when the chips are down. Multiple games this year, he's he's been the guy who's led a late drive to either, you know, bring them back, seal the win, what have you. And there's something to be said for that. we see lots of athletes in all kinds of sports, big stars who shy away in final moments. This kid doesn't. And that attitude, the belief that you can get it done, I think is really – carrying over to the rest of the team so you know he's he's not the tallest guy he doesn't the biggest arm and we'll see what what he is long term but right now his his moxie really is something and it's helping them win games
1: well i'll tell you it helped them win games on monday against uh, the seahawks he to me looked more like russell wilson than russell wilson looked like russell wilson on monday night i mean he just he was hard to bring down whenever seattle got into the backfield. it's just like it almost feels like he's one of those guys that gives you everything he has on every single play
0: yeah, no. I mean, you made it right. And the Russell Wilson comparison is an obvious one. Two guys who are probably, if we pull out the measuring stick, are probably you know both under six feet tall, mm-hmm. but they can make plays with their legs. Um, you don't always know how they get it done, but they get it done. But right, Russell Wilson has looked off this year, and Taylor Heineke was the guy making the plays. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been remarkable. And I think what's going to become interesting, he's also been doing this with a ton of injuries. They, they haven't had basically Curtis Samuel for most of the year after signing him as a free agent. Um, Logan Thomas, the only tight end or really any. Consequence, to be honest, uh, has have been out from week four until just returning this week. They've had they're currently on their fourth string center. Um, Their their starting right tackle was placed on IR. Brandon Scherf, their best uh, offensive lineman, and arguably their best player on offense in terms of pound for pound, he missed several games and was on uh, was uh, out as well. So Heineke's been doing all this with not a full complement of pieces around him. He does have Terry McLaurin, who's one of the best wide receivers in football. But at the same time, you know, he he he's had to do a lot with you know, I wouldn't say a little, but a lot with without the full complement of pieces and you know, he he's done it well in part because he's got a lot of belief in his confidence in himself. And to be clear, that does get him in trouble at times. he will make some aggressive throws that maybe he shouldn't, but he's starting to be uh, more particular with those with, with taking those chances, and he's pretty. he's been pretty accurate with the football during this stretch. He's completing a really high percent of his passes.
1: Talking to, uh, to Ben Standig right now from the Athletic, getting a full uh, little preview of the Washington football team as they're going to be taking on the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, and so we definitely want to dive into them. And, and you mentioned Terry McLaurin. Of course, they got the run game as well. Uh, to me, when I'm watching Washington go out there and compete each and every week, to me, they feel like one of those teams that they want to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they want to They'll, they'll in the passing game. They'll take what the defense gives them, and that goes to that that uh, you know time of possession that you're talking about. They want to play basically keep away from the opposing team.
0: Well, that's what's been working. I think mean, one thing Ron Rivera has kind of revealed over the last few days is that when they had their bye week and they were trying to sort through what they do, you know, what, what do they need to do to fix this, and they determined that. I haven't mentioned really the offensive line much here. Their offensive line has been the strength of this team. There were some questions going into the year because of some new personnel. They were going to have two new starting tackles. And um, the the offensive line has been stellar, even with constant changes, as I mentioned earlier. So from that, they determined that they need to do a better job or or put more emphasis on running the ball. Part of the reason, like I said, they couldn't earlier was Gibson was hurt, but I guess he's he's healthier now. And, uh, you know, he's been really strong. J.D. McKissick is more of a the passing down back, but he can also, you know, sw- uh, wiggle in and out of, 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 uh, of into holes and out of holes and things along those lines. So the emphasis on that uh, run game has turned things around. That of course has helped churn up the clock, but it's also given Taylor Heineke the chance to do play action passes. And he's really thrived in the, in that spot as well. So, you know, it's, it's only, it's, it's only, it's rarely ever one thing that turns something around, but, Um, You know, it's a combination of things, but one good thing, you know, the running game is leading to other things, and and that's, you know, really helping them. And like I said, in turn, it's keeping the defense off the field. And, and that's making a big deal compared to where things were earlier in the year.
1: You mentioned injuries a little bit earlier, and we saw on Monday some guys get banged up and in injured. You saw a couple guys that uh, look like they're in concussion protocol. Of course, Landon Collins he got banged up a little bit. What's the injury report looking like right now, as far as uh, as far as the Washington Football Team goes?
0: Yeah, I mean obviously it's Wednesday, so we got a couple days to go. Landon Collins, you mentioned um, he he didn't practice today with a foot, but I don't know if I get a sense that that was a huge deal. J.D. McKissick is probably the one to watch. He left late in that game. Um, they're calling it a concussion now. So obviously, when a player gets that, then you know you, you, you have to see if they're going to make it out of the protocol um, by the game time. Uh, so that's one to watch because if they don't, you have Gibson, you have J- Jared Patterson, a really fun rookie. Um, but he's uh, you know more of a he, he's like five foot nothing, but he's more of a power back than he is a pass catcher. He can catch a little bit. Um, so that would be an element that they would potentially lose there. But Gibson is also a guy who was a former wide receiver in college can catch passes as well but McKissick's been effective so that's probably the biggest one to watch I I would say um, that they did put uh, Sam Cosme their starting right tackle on IR right before the game on Sunday Cornelius Lucas has filled in a a bunch the last couple years either on the left or the right side so there probably won't be a huge gap there but another thing uh, another change in the lineup and it probably at at center uh, Keith Ismail the aforementioned four-string center he is looking like the potential starter because the two, two other guys are either limited or didn't practice today. So, um, you know, (laughs) <laughs> there's still a bunch of changes things up in the air, but McKissick and, and probably what happened at center are the two things to watch.
1: Talking all things, watching the football team right now with Ben standing from the athletic here on Radio nation radio 920. As far as the defense goes they're they're a really good unit. We know that uh, the team is, is hot right now on a three game winning streak. But if you saw an area that you could look at and identify as, okay, that is still the weak link part of this team. What would it be?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, one of their issues most of the season has been, they've been giving up big plays down the field. They, um, in the passing game now they they, they did make a change during midway through the season so far where they moved landon collins from rather playing safety to more of a a buff what they call a buffalo nickel sort of a hybrid safety linebacker and that's taken him he was i think one of the culprits with giving up some of the long plays but seattle did have a couple of big plays down the field and i think that seattle had some more shots available to them but russell wilson was uh, <clears throat> unable to take advantage of it. So I think that's something to to keep an eye on. They, they really only have one linebacker right now that you can feel pretty good about. That's Cole Holcomb. Their first-round pick, Jamin Davis, is still kind of learning the game. And one of their other starting linebackers, John Bostick, they lost for the year earlier on. And also, you know, look, no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. Those were their two big-edge pass rushers. Both of them are out right now with injuries Chase Young's done for the year. Replacing them is a seventh-round pick an undrafted free agent, and the and their backups are similar guys with similar resumes. What those two, what, the, what those defensive ends have done is be provided they know their roles, they stay in their lane, so to speak, and that's helping everybody else kind of do their job. But there's also a limited upside at those spots. You're not going to have the game-breaking plays that you would have from uh, Chase Young or Montez Sweat. So I think you know if the Raiders can figure out ways to to take advantage of that, I, you know, I think that's something. Uh, to keep an eye on, uh, particularly on defense.
1: And final question for you, for the Washington football team to extend their winning streak from three to four games and really put themselves in a great position in the playoff uh, run uh, in the NFC, what do they need to do?
0: I mean, the four right now seems to be working. Control the clock, run the ball, play as mistake-free as possible. Um, And defensively, what what they've been better at is keeping plays in front of them for the most part. The teams have not been able to have huge – uh, you know, deep, deep plays, big plays down the field. I mean, if they can maintain that, um, you know, I, I think you know, right now that they're, they're in a pretty good, they're in a pretty good spot. But it's you know, it's been hard to tell because you know, like these last two games, you know, Carolina, you know, I just don't, I, I, we weren't sure how good they were, and you know, right. they don't look it to be that good. And Seattle's kind of falling apart. So you know, this will be an interesting test. I also don't know how good. Raiders are. I mean, they just had the big win against Dallas, but before that, they have what lost three in a row. So, mm-hmm. which 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 Vegas team shows up to play there? If, you know, Derek Carr is obviously dangerous, and um, you know, there's you know, I, I'm not sure where things are with Darren Waller right now, but you know, they, they've got players that can beat Washington. You know, to hurt Washington, but <laughs> Washington is looking pretty good right now, so it's going to be an interesting game for sure.
1: It will be a very interesting game. That's Ben Standig right there from The Athletic. He joined myself and DeMond earlier this week, Wednesday, to be exact, on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio 920 to give us a preview of the Washington football team. Darren Waller is out for the Raiders. Just a quick update, Uh, Landon Collins is out for the Washington football team. Uh, McKissick, their running back, is out. Uh, That's a big deal. And Jalen Richard is out for the Raiders. Now, we're still waiting on Deshaun Jackson. We're still waiting on Josh Jacobs to find out about those two guys. But uh, some pretty big losses on both sides uh, uh, for both teams. You know, obviously for the Raiders with Waller and Richard and then uh, Collins and McKissick, that's a big deal for the Washington football team. 10.40 is the time we're live here at the – at the Coors Light Landing here at Allegiant Stadium, fans are rolling in. I just tweeted out a video, so if you're following me on Twitter at your boy Q254 or at r at 920 AM, uh, you'll check out the video of the fans walking around, uh, checking out the stadium. What's up, my man? Got a Washington football team fan just rolled in. He's got his Chase Young jersey on. He's feeling good about himself. I see you. I see you. Welcome to Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Now, see, there's there's fans of the other team here, and that's okay. You can welcome them in. You just make You want to make sure that they go home quiet. That's all. So, so you want to welcome them in. You just want to make sure that they go home quiet, and that's up to the Raiders to make that happen on the field. When we come back, my man DeMond Cotton has joined us here out, on stage. He's, he's media relations. He's radio. He's this. He's that. He's all that. He's coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Q's kickoff on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
1: Yeah, buddy. Here we are. Final segment of the show. Then we'll pass the sticks on to JT, the Brick, and Eric Allen. And they'll take you all the way up to kickoff. Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy will guide you and navigate you through the waters of the show. Lots of things things happened in this last hour. Joe Brady got fired from the Carolina Panthers. It's crazy. Just got this uh, little news. Panthers' ownership was wary of Joe Brady since his arrival. Told that his inability to generate a spark in the quarterback room was a big factor in his eventual firing. Would like to add that he's not expected to get a head coaching job at any level, likely a college OC. Wow! So, scrap everything that I've been talking about. Man. What do I know? <laughs> that was emphatic. Man, that was that was wild. But okay, that's the latest on Joe Brady. Some other news that's going on. The Chargers are handing handing the handing the, the Bengals their backside. They're beating the brakes off them right now. The Lions. They just got an extra point, so they're actually beating the Vikings right now 7-6. to six.
3: Wow, they got a lead. <laughs> <laughs> That's that.
1: And Tampa Bay's up on the Falcons right now 13-7. to seven. But my man, Damon Cotton, is here. Does a fantastic job on unnecessary roughness each and every day, 2 to 2-4 p.m., Radio Nation Radio 920. We're going to give you the keys to victory, what we believe the keys to victory need to be, what the silver and black need to do if they want to come away with a win today and improve to 7-5 and snap the Washington football team's three-game winning streak. This is being brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Shout-out to my man Dustin DeHart, who will be here in a little while as well. He's here at each and every home game. But, Damon, welcome to the show. And what are your thoughts, man? What do you think the Raiders need to do? They're coming off a victory against the Cowboys, scored a lot of points. Derek Carr got busy early, got busy often. What do you think needs to happen today?
3: They got to hit on big plays. Big plays need to happen. Like we all see the stats, Derek Carr leading the league in deep passes. You know the 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 deep passing yards. Oh, so keep that continuing. Right, Deshaun Jackson, he's got to play. I think he's expected to play. That that's a major factor. And I know he was like forty snaps. That's like the most he's played. And I know that the calf is hurting him a little bit. <laughs> but buddy, we need you. Right, like the Raiders need you. So. Deshaun Jackson is going to be the biggest key. Foster Moreau, just those big plays. Because as we talked to Ben earlier this week, Washington they give up big plays. Yeah. So yep. you got to execute on those.
1: Right. That's 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 the thing. I mean, they're not going to give you a lot of lot of yards on the ground. They're just not. You know. And and I'm a guy that always says run the ball, run the ball, run the ball to set up the pass. But that's not going to be the key today. Today you've got to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. Maybe loosen it up later on. Then they'll be able to run. But they're not going to be able to run early.
3: Yeah, so with that being said, maybe use the passing game as the running game. Right. Maybe see a couple of more screens. You know, those those short, those short out passes, shuffle pass that, that acts as a run.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, you know, with Landon Collins not being in the game, he's going to be out for the Washington football team. That's a big deal. You know, he's that guy who plays that Jonathan Abram, that box safety role for Washington. He's a guy who's a thumper. He's a playmaker. So him being out is a big, big deal. Those screen passes may open up a little bit more. The Raiders really didn't do a very good job of of executing screen passes uh, as of late. You know, the last couple games they've tried to do a couple, but it hasn't really worked that well. They need to be able to execute. I think that's the biggest thing, really. I think that's one of the biggest things is they have some good play designs, but the execution of them has been just off here and there. You know what I mean? Just some certain plays you see – and you see, oh man, there's big. That's a big. That could be a big play. And then something happens. You know, uh, I go back a couple weeks ago when when uh, uh, now I forgot his name, uh, Levitt, Dallin Levitt, when he reco- recovered that fumble, yes. and all he had to do was stay on the outside, scores a touchdown. Said he turns back in, and he ends up getting a, they end up getting a field goal because he gets tackled. It's just execution. Like you're right there, you can make it happen. You just got to go happen, make it happen. So. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest keys of this game is going to be, like you said, the big play. They've got to be able to hit and connect on the big plays because they're there. You know, the, the, the Washington football team will, will do that. They'll give you opportunities to make big plays. You've got to do it. But if that being said, if you're going to take some shots down the field, the offensive line's got to hold up.
3: The offensive lines, it's, it's always got to be there. And it is like that big if because it's been iffy all season. But yep. I do think that they're like that Cowboys game. They weren't perfect, but they were right. good. Right. Right, and they can they they can sustain it a little bit. Derrick Card, just give him a little bit of time, and he's going to find the open receivers. Like he gets the ball out quick, and that that's one of the best parts about him. I know some people are like, oh, he checks down enough. He's he's disproving that myth already this season. Right, you know right. he's not just a checkdown artist. He's just getting the ball out fast, and that's what you want in the NFL.
1: Right, exactly. And so that's that's going to be a key, man. The offensive line. If you're going to try to hit multiple big plays, which again they're going to need them in this game. If you're going to try to hit on those, then you've got to have you got to have protection. You know, and and they, the Raiders really need to come out and put their foot on the gas in this game. They need to come out, and I would love, and it hasn't happened yet this this season. They've only scored on their opening drive, what three times? Three times all year. That's it. We're in week thirteen. <laughs> I mean, think about it. it's so funny. We were at the Rockstar last night, and we were uh, you know talking to a bunch of Raider Nation that came out representing, and I got into an argument with a guy who because I thought it was only two times that they had scored on their opening drive, and he's like, no, it's three. And so we were arguing back and forth. And I said, look, at the end of the day, we're arguing about one one week. I think it's two. You think it's three. We're in week 13. But it's that's only. the problem. That's the You know what I mean? Like, the problem isn't if you're right or I'm right. The problem is it's only a couple times and you're in week 13.
3: And it's always, oh, the offense needs to get going. Like, Josh Jacobs, he even says, like, oh, like, it's week 13 and you still have players saying, hey, we got to get going. And it's just like, well, what's the disconnect? Right. I, you know, points are points. You you love them when you see them, but why does it take so long for this team to get going most games? Right, exactly. And and the thing about it is, it it, it shouldn't, especially when you're
1: at home. You know what I mean? I mean, and they do a really good job on the road, but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard to get started, and especially when you're at home. I don't I don't. That's one of the things that, that blows my mind, and that's another key to the, to this game today. Win at home. Win at home. Get a W at home. The fan base comes out. The fan base spends their money. The fan base stays in hotels. The fan base represents the night before. I mean, all over town. There was parties all night last night, all over town. Raider parties. I went to a couple. And just to see Raider Nation representing,
3: reward Raider Nation for their their loyalty. Win at home. One of the biggest. Be dominant at home. One of the big things that you're talking about, when at home, the fan base, you, I feel like you can feel it most games. When they give up a big play on third down, that sucks out the energy yes. in the building. And I feel it like just about every home game, giving up big plays, especially if there's a penalty, there's a rough in the passer right. on third down. And, and, like, the fans feel that. And it's its almost one of those energy drainers. It's
1: deflating. It is. It really is deflating. No doubt about it. It's just you've got to be more dominant. You've got to start establishing yourself at home as, hey, this is a, a game that you don't. You're not going to win because you're going. You're going to Legion Stadium, like they called it the Death Star, you know. And they said what did Mark Davis say, where, where other teams' dreams go to die. Not right now. They don't. They're th- they're thriving here. You got to establish yourself at home as a dominant team. You just have to. So that I mean, that's just that's one of those side notes. Not even a key to the game. It's just one of those like, hey, this is this has got to start becoming a habit of winning at home, and that's a mindset, man. It really is.
3: It's a mindset. And I don't, I'm tired of hearing about, like, oh, the opposing fans. At the end of the day, that, that shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't. It doesn't.
1: You know how you keep those fans quiet? Just go out there and win on the field. Go out there and dominate on the field, and you don't have to worry about that. But it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's so frustrating to see the fan base get so fired up. And they're loud. You know, you're, you're here every every game. They're loud. They're proud. They're representing. then if the Raiders aren't doing well by the third quarter, it's it's, man, it's, it's, like you said, the life is just sucked out of the stadium, you know, and it's, it's it's not fair to the fan base. But, you know, that's just a little side note that every, every <laughs> once in a while I just kind of go on that little tangent. But just as far as keys, like I said, keys to the game, you got to hit on the big plays. You've got to be able to protect Derek Carr. And defensively, you've got to stop the run. They want to play a keep away. They want to hold on to the ball. Last time they played, last time they were on the field against Seattle, they had the ball for 40 Minutes, forty minutes out of the game, that is a hell of a time of possession.
3: Yeah, and it's like they're playing ugly football. That's the best way to describe yeah. it. We watched that Seattle game, and it wasn't that fun of a game. No, it wasn't entertaining. Just you know, what's entertaining though? Wins. Yeah, Wins are very be, entertaining. but I'm saying like yeah. when they they're just trying to drag you in that's, the mud. That's and it's, right. You know, and yep. it's almost. I'm not going to say boring because you know football's football and we all love it. But it's just, it's it's hard to watch sometimes because sometimes. like hey man. Yep. They are just a, like it's 3 not, yards at a time and they're just and they're just they're just going. It's not They don't want the big play. Right. They're just slow and steady. Slow and steady. Right. It's not easy on the eyes. Yeah. It really isn't.
1: But it's a way that they win and that's what they do. Taylor Heineke, the quarterback, got to watch out for him. He's squirrely, he's slippery. I heard somebody compare him to Brett
3: Favre earlier. Yeah, I wouldn't.
2: And,
1: go that it, and far. it was like take, yeah. come on, take it easy guys. I would, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I know he's got the number, but that's about it. But yeah, man. It's going to be a tough one. It's not. There's no stretch. Anyone thinks this game is going to be an easy one. You definitely got to be on your A game. So we'll see how it goes down. But that's going to do it from us. Q's kickoff from Coors Light landing here at Allegiant Stadium is a done deal. We're passing the sticks on to JT, the Brick, Eric Allen. They're coming up next, the official pregame show, as they take you all the way up to kickoff. The Raiders and the Washington football team, 105, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920.